Welcome to a special episode of the Context Podcast by Proofgeist. I'm your host, Martha Zink, and this is where we get to talk about whatever is going on in the FileMaker community. For this episode, I'm joined by Todd Geist and Ernest Coe, as well as our special guests, Peter Nelson and Andy Lacates from Claris. Recently, Claris hosted a webinar and talked about things like new licensing, a new program, Claris Studio, and some new features coming up in the next couple of releases with FileMaker Pro. Here, we chat a little bit more about the intention behind those decisions and where the Claris platform is going. Peter Nelson and Andy LaCates, do you mind introducing yourself? Maybe we start with Peter? Not at all. Thanks for having us, Martha. Um, of course. I'm Peter Nelson. I run engineering and then portions of product and design at this point for Claris. Um, I've been back with the company for around two years now, something like that, maybe just over that, um, and then was here for the better part of a decade, uh, seven, eight years prior um, to that. So that's me in a nutshell. I, I shipped the Bento products for a long time um, and then left and did a few different startups when came back. Nice. Oh, I haven't heard Bento in a while. That's awesome. That's a good throwback. <laughs> And I'm Andrew. Um, I think we've met before, uh, but I'm really pleased to be back with you all. I, I, I love your podcast. Um, if we get a chance to talk about it, I really enjoyed the March podcast on the Modern Filemaker Revolution. And uh, I think probably many people in the audience know me, but if there are a few that don't, um, I have been a Filemaker developer, trainer, partner, customer, author, everything you can do, uh, starting somewhere around 1988 uh, when I picked up the product for the first time to get my way through. Summer. I, was pay, I got a summer job to pay my way through college. So, uh, yeah, it's been a long journey for me, but I'm pleased as much to be here. I'm now working with the marketing team. I've been a platform evangelist for a number of years, um, but have uh, come over to the marketing team to help with product marketing and help our marketing team understand our product and our customer better. So awesome. I'm trying my best. And Andy, I'm just trying to be like you. I, you went into marketing. I decided to follow you. So now I'm in marketing. <laughs> I had to make Ernest put me in marketing. So I think yeah. we're <laughs> we can share our pains later. Right on. All right, so we are here to talk about some pretty exciting stuff that just happened, right? So there was this webinar that happened this week. Um, we talked about some new uh, new things. We talked about Claire Studio. Um, I think some people knew it as the new stuff before, and now it's uh, Claire Studio. We talked about, or you all talked about the licensing changes that you have in mind, um, as well as a program that's coming with that. Uh, in the webinar, I heard the word focus a lot, and so I want to talk about that at the end here, and I want to talk about the focus that Claris has and the longer big picture that you all have in mind, because I think it's exciting stuff. Um, so that's that's kind of the the big picture of what I what I want to talk about today. Um, but why don't we just talk about this new stuff and maybe talk a little bit about Claris Studio and what that is? What for those that maybe didn't watch the webinar, can we get the the elevator pitch about it? Yeah, the elevator pitch is um, how do we allow Claris and Claris's customers to benefit from the the advancements in technology that have happened over the last decade, um, ubiquitous network access, easy web deployment, um, and just new thought out from the beginning application development, low-code application development. How do we make those things accessible to our existing customers, to a new generation of customers, while not abandoning our heritage? while not abandoning everything that has made the platform powerful to begin with. Um, and, and, and so that's what I've been focused on for the bulk of my return here is building all the scaffolding to, 
to create that. And we're finally at a place where you can see how it all stitches together. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this September launch um, and, and, and showing the world what's possible when you take you know, new and modern and allow it to be leveraged by you know, what we think is the most powerful, capable, low-code toolkit on the planet. So I don't know if that's enough of an elevator pitch, um, but yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, for my part, you know, having been here on the the thirty plus year journey with the platform, you know, and reflecting a little bit back to some of your language, Ernest and Todd and, and Martha from the the March podcast, right? You know, this platform has evolved to a pretty special place. There's uh, there's a lot of low code out there that they couldn't hope to uh, allow one to accomplish what what we can. Uh, what a good you know developer can do with with the Claris FileMaker platform today, and given that the landscape has you know dramatically changed, and it's not just about building you know one data driven user experience in sort of an app container, that it really is stitching together this myriad of services and technologies that we all use now in our day to day business. You know, FileMaker is uniquely suited for that, and can benefit from you know, a better, more modern approach to how we touch the, the, the cloud, right? And how we integrate with things that are there. And so I, I see um, the, the direction that Pete's going in with a lot of optimism in how it augments the, the tool set that we have to really project us into the next 30 years, right? And it's a good time. And if you just look at the naming, um, the naming's intentional. Um, pro, pro is a thing. Pro is our pro development environment and will continue to be our pro development environment. It's not going anywhere, number one, but its value is as our pro de development environment. Um, it's a super capable tool, but it's not a tool that a novice can pick up and be incredibly successful with in their first three days. Uh, Studio will be initially, but then you'll quickly hit a wall and you want to keep going post that wall, there's pro for you. And even if you don't want to invest in pro, there's a community of pro developers that we will help plug you into. And so all of those efforts are underway, the community outreach and, and making sure that we are connecting professional Claris developers with, you know, nascent developers um, in studio will be a, a significant effort of the companies in the coming year. That's awesome. I was a, um, when the training program was was going strong a while, a few like, and do you think you dated yourself with 30 years? I think I'm running up to 20 and I'm getting a little nervous about it. I remember when I was the <laughs> the new one in the party, which isn't the case possible. anymore. I, we're getting close. Um, <laughs> but I was a trainer and I think that exactly what you said, Peter, it was, there was a challenge with getting newer people into the community and in, into the community or getting their hands dirty fast enough to get excited enough. Um, and I think that this idea of having a, a product that lets some, somebody move faster, um, but then go into this other tool where they can do more of more stuff and, and have that pro level under themselves can, is really exciting. I think for, I think it's a great addition to what we already have. And that was, and is the point of that data pipe um, is to, to allow that fluid movement between platforms. Um, and don't get me wrong. Studio will not remain a tool for, you know, just the nascent developer. It will grow sure. quickly, but as I constantly remind people here, you got to build simple before you can build complex. So yeah. we're building a lot of simple, but we're almost done building simple, which is also <laughs> a cool place to be. That's great. <laughs> I, I would like just to add a couple things. I mean, to me, what, what I see is so exciting here is, um, is, is the recognition that, that you, I mean, it's not, it's not starting over per se, but you did recognize that 
that there was a, there's a whole new world out there and you're moving to address that and you're moving rapidly and in a very agile way. Um, I'm very excited about that. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot of people in our community are nervous and, and we're doing what we can to, to try to help folks see, uh, why this was necessary, this kind of, this kind of big shift, um, and, and, and how to get excited about it. Uh, because I, I think the, the idea that somebody can spin up a new FileMaker like app in the cloud and get started right away is really critical. And so that, that seems to me to be one of the big things that you're pushing for is to get that a sort of instant experience that people are used to getting with every other, you know, whether you like to, whether you, whether it's something like Airtable or code or some of these other tools, whether we want to, um, you know, uh, maybe downplay their capabilities, they do let somebody get up and going pretty quickly and build something, something that is useful. It's, and, it, and it's not about downplaying capabilities. There's what was really interesting for me coming back and, and starting to talk to partners and customers was the number of folks who partners, especially who told us, you know, a significant portion of our business has moved to Airtable in the last two years. Um, and, and we'd be crazy not to understand that. It very explicitly, it doesn't mean we want to be Airtable. We don't. Because like you said, there's massive limitations there. And when you look at our community, the bulk of them are building solutions or have built solutions that aren't applicable to an Airtable environment. But if we don't learn from Airtable, if we don't take the good things of Airtable and make that onboarding experience and first developer steps as positive, um, yeah, as positive and delightful as Airtables, then, you know, we will lose out to them before the race even starts. That's right. But so we are in a really interesting place of needing to compete with Airtable for the first couple steps of the race, but then very quickly our eyes have to be on the power apps of the world and organizations like that. Yeah. Um, and that, again, is where Studio tied to pro, I think leaves us in a very, very uniquely competitive stance. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the problem solver circle and, and the program we're, yeah. we're doing there, because I think as well, you know, we've been pretty clear our differentiation you know, over 30 years, we, we've built something pretty magical here. Right. And, and we have a moat and, and it is our ecosystem, right? It's you guys, it's, it's, the strength of our development community and what we know how to do better than anybody else. Um, we, we have some thinking around a concept of the sort of the clearest way, right? You know, we, we have a set of cultural values. We have a set of best practices and journeys that we know how to do better than anybody else. And we'll be talking about that more, I think, in the, in the coming months. But, you know, there, there's a lot here that uh, we don't always appreciate uh, in terms of the competitive landscape and, and, and the power that we have together. So. Yep. And then with the, the licensing changes that we're talking about, you are seeing the company bet on itself. Um, I, I would characterize some of the past licensing as, you know, it was protectionist. Um, and, and here what we're trying to say is, look, if we remove barriers to usage, if we remove barriers to people getting to success, more people will use our platform. We may leave some money on the table in the very, very, very short term. But if we can grow the number of people in an organization, if we can grow the number of organizations that are using our products and getting to success, uh, we will flourish. Yeah. So it, it's, it's about removing barriers. Yeah. Yeah. The freemium version is going to be a, a big deal for that. I mean, getting, you know, being able to 
inspire someone and say, let's try it out on this on this platform and see what you think about it. I mean, that's huge. Not having to to worry about the licensing yeah. to start with. It's not it's not hard to show FileMaker off when you know, especially partnered with a pro developer, right? Like, give me give me a, give me a few days. Let me get something for you, and then let let them see it, let them play with it. I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And removing the range anxiety essentially of the trial, um, and letting people just know this is a tool they can play with and keep playing with and keep coming back to. Um, yeah, I think I think in the trust economy, uh, it would be terrible if people didn't find a way to trust the greatness of the product early on. Right? You have to give people access to that experience. And so if we're going to bet on ourselves, it's it's an easy bet to make that people will fall in love with the product if we just let them use it. And you have to buy that. Right. I mean, it's that sort of attention isn't free, right? It's, it's You either have to buy that with marketing dollars or some, some sort of marketing campaign or play or some kind of awareness campaign or you or you do that with the product itself, right? Um, and I think trying to do both, obviously, would be key. But I, I, I'm very, very excited about the licensing yeah. changes that are coming. Uh, it's, it's a long time coming, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Why don't we talk a little bit about what that licensing looks like? So, what do you have in mind there? Um, it's, it sounds like I think the, the big phrasing around it is one, you know, one Claris, one platform, one license. So, can you talk a little bit about that? I. I'm very comfortable talking directionality. I am not comfortable nor authorized to talk specifics around (laughs) timeframes or costs or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, but directionally, like, I mean, I've got written on my, I'm staring at it right now, like the North stars for not, not just the the program we're rolling out, but for everything we're building. And number one, and they were in the presentation. Number one is no friction. Um, for adoption, no friction getting to success. Number two is a single identity everywhere across our platforms. Number three is all of your data everywhere. And number four is essentially honor our heritage, honor our developer um, and the work they put into the platform. So um, what it's going to look like is go ahead and get Pro anywhere you want. You can get it from the Mac App Store. You can download it directly from us. Um, eventually, you'll be able to get it from the Windows marketplace. Um, Claris Pro um, won't have a traditional license required for it. So you'll fire it up and it'll ask you for your one Claris platform login. Um, and if you don't have one, you can click a button and just go get one. Poof. Now you've got a login. Along with that login, though, what you've got is a connection to Studio, which means you can log into Studio, you can use Studio fully single user, but now you've got a data store in our cloud. So you can create solutions in studio. Now you can create solutions in pro. When you create a new file, a new solution in pro, um, all of your studio data will just be right there in the graph. You don't have to do anything to make that connection. It's just there. Every table, every record, it's just there in studio. It's hot. Okay. Use it. Leverage it. Build whatever you want. Um, it'll all work. But if you want to create another named user in Pro, you're going to have to pay our license, whatever that ends up looking like. Um, if you want to create additional users and share your solutions and publish them in Studio for other people to access on the web, you'll have to go pay for our subscription. Um, that subscription will, as well, get you licenses to server and 
um, connect will already be there. But the, the key is you can develop your solution without pulling out your credit card. You can get to a place where you are confident this tool, this platform is going to work for you without pulling out your credit card. When you want to then go deploy the giant, fantastic HR solution that you just built, great. Pay us for that. And then, so you mentioned Connect a little bit. So Connect is going to be built into, the idea is that it'll be built into? Yeah, I, I hope we get that done in September, for September. If we don't have it totally done, it'll come shortly, shortly thereafter. Okay. But when you look at Studio, Studio's got two different views. It's got one for just the users coming into it. And I talked about that a little bit in, in the webinar. They'll see essentially all of the workflows that they can execute, all the things that they can do. When you go to Studio as an author, you got a bunch of different tabs where you can create workflows and create views and create data elements. Um, but you can also create then um, automations, everything that you could do in Connect. So the nice. Connect UI will just essentially be another tab under got it. Studio. Okay. Um, okay. And you'll be able to then leverage all of that power easily in the views and workflows that you create in Studio so that a button that might normally just accept a purchase request could also accept the purchase request and then automatically, you know, whatever, save a copy of it to Dropbox and Slack the whole organization and yada, 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 all the things you could do with Connect today. Don't ask Todd how he feels about Slack notifications because it'll be a whole nother <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, I like doing Slack integrations. Yeah, that's right. We do like those. Just everything in moderation. We do have a lot of Slack integrations. Yeah. Peter, let me let me ask a couple of questions as a as a listener, perhaps uh, as somebody who's kind of new to this whole studio and pro concept. So, are, are you saying that their their data will be persisted and stored in Studio, even if you are working in in pro? No, I'm saying Studio has its own data store. Um, gotcha. And that by default, any solutions you create in pro have access to all of that data, Got period. It. So make something studio and Pro will just have access to it out of the box. You, got it. you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's very hard. Is it, and can you build layouts on top of that? Is that what, like, that's what a FileMaker developer is going to ask is, can I make a layout on in my Pro solution on top of my studio data? What do you want the answer to be? The, an the answer is, I'm thinking is yes. And I'm hoping it's yes. And that would make sense that it's yes, but... Good. We should we should just get that on the on does, the record. Does it show up as a graph object out of the box? So to date, everything shows up as a graph object out of the box, and to date, um, you actually can't even filter it and keep them from showing up, which yeah. is going to turn into a problem once studio usage gets significant. So we'll have to build those mm -hmm. filtering controls. I get that. Um, they'll come. To date, everything in Studio is representable within the FileMaker space. I can imagine scenarios as these tools evolve where that's not the case because the backing for Studio is a NoSQL engine. Um, so we, we have the ability to capture data in some representations that, you know, Claire's project isn't going to be able to make sense of. Um, and we haven't done that intentionally for this first go round so that there's just complete compatibility between the two platforms. So later you may be able to make a choice and be told, hey, yeah, you can do that. But if you do, this data object won't be representable in Pro. Are you okay with that? So let me try to break this down a little bit. So the, the problem this solves um, is that you can now go to one place, author a form, publish it, 
capture the data, float it into some persistence, and open it up in Pro and get access to it without configuring any new JSON, without flowing into a webhook. It's just there. And you can build layouts up to it. That is one problem that this solves. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is massively easier to create certain types of forms and workflows in Studio than it was in Pro. Um, the, the, the distinction between view and schema is somewhat blurred in mm-hmm. Studio so that for a junior developer, they don't need to think about a lot of different things. And again, if you want to think about those things, hey, there's Pro, go to town. So where do you see, where do you see Studio differentiating itself from Typeform or Paperless or Paperforms or any one of those form-based type products? The, the, the huge difference is in the connection to Pro. The huge, I mean, we're really genuine when we say our you know, kryptonite against the rest of the world is our community and pro. And that's going to continue to be the case for, you know, any future I can foresee. Um, So there is no simplistic web development environment that has anything like pro backing it and taking its data to the next level, allowing you to create apps of the complexity that we can create. Nothing close. Number one. But then number two, if you look at how I expect competition with Airtable to play out, Airtable isn't ever going to go after the sort of complexity that we're going to go after, even in our cloud offering, even in in the studio offering. So yeah, we start out on a relatively simplistic footing in September because I have to, but very quickly you'll get scripting capabilities in studio that rival pros. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Our, our, Our platform will evolve in ways that our competitors aren't because we're targeting you know, real business apps, I would argue. Um, I, 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 I think with the Airtables of the world, you run into that capability wall so quickly that you can stand up a quickie solution. But if you ever really want it to be your HR system of record, you're, you're going to end up rewriting it later. Uh, that's not the case with a Clara solution. Not at all. That's one of the reasons that FileMaker's lasted as long as it has is that the, the ability to do all those little bespoke things, those things that are that are hard to – you get somewhere you, – you pull in another tool, you try it out, and you're like, well, 80%, but that's not good enough. I need that other 10 to 15 to make it work. And so I think, I think that's spot on. Correct. And so we are going to be working hard over the next two, three years to add capabilities to Studio where with those capabilities – you can accomplish some things to 100%. That doesn't mean you're going to have a full application development environment in studio of the fidelity that Pro provides in three years. You're not. But, you know, like you guys just said, there are going to be some workflows like publishing anonymous forms and capturing data and pulling them into an application that then you're building in Pro where, yeah, you can hit, you know, the perfect sweet spot with the tools that we have. You will be able to build a nice, simple purchase request management flow in Studio and have it execute things exactly the way you want. Um, If you want to build a logistics hub for a multinational organization, no, you're not going to be able to do that in Studio. It's it's not going to have the capabilities in the first three years. Someday it might. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But that's not the goal right now. So the goal will be make it best in class at some very targeted things. Always. 
So the two very hard problems in our space, right? One is sync and the other is forms. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad you're taking on the other one. Yeah. Forms got easy. Um, and sync is interesting. And we'll see how long sync continues to be a problem. I get the huge headache that it is today. Um, there's going to be a day where sync is not a problem just because network access is absolutely ubiquitous. Whether that's five years from now or 25 years from now, I I can't say. Um, there have been a lot of questions about on-prem versions of Studio. And as I said in the, the webinar, we have not closed the door to that. We've actually gone to great lengths during its development to ensure that we can run a version of Studio on-prem if we need to. Um, I think you're going to, I think, I'll just add, a, 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 I mean, I know obviously you can't do it initially. Lots of reasons why you want to do this, especially in this PCS, P, yeah, PSC program. Um, you, you, it's not something you can do, but but there are a lot of use cases uh, for people to have their own on-prem data. Of course there are. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, of course there are. It's, it's a question of whether the goal is on-prem data, if the goal is disconnected from a network on-prem data, or whether sync is a solution to that for users. It's a question of whether there's more capability that we can provide by having centralized user stores and data stores in the cloud that can be shared with other organizations easily. So there's, there's a pile of trade-offs there. Uh, and then, as we talked about at the beginning, is there's focus and, and where we think we can get the biggest yeah. bang for the buck for all of you for each developer hour that we spend. Um, so I, 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 I hear you and I agree, Todd. Um, where it's going to reach you know, critical mass for us, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, I'm not at all opposed to it. I've been working hard to keep the door open to it. Uh, but, but I have a feeling that things like Look, I don't have a Frankfurt data center yet. I don't have a Japanese data center yet. I don't have a South American data center yet. I need to get all those things stood up rapidly so that this system can be used effectively and low latency around the planet. So it's just about priorities, really. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I get it. I, I think, um, I mean, just to say, I, I think it's one of the things that is a, a big benefit that Claris currently has along with the ecosystem is the ability to go on-prem if you need it. For some yep. folks, it's just, it's literally just the idea that they can go on-prem if they need it. And that's why I said there's a couple different ways to skin this cat. So it'd be super easy. I mean, really, really, really trivially easy for me to give you a button that lets you just suck the data out of studio into server anytime you wanted to. That we can build in, you know, an afternoon. Um, but that's different than running studio on-prem. So getting the data data available on-prem, trivial. Absolutely trivial. And I would say that's probably the biggest need, especially for people who have sensitive data, right? Yep. Totally get it. Yeah. So giving you a button that just sucked data out of studio and then purged it from studio. Fine. That's easy. But like how many of us really aren't using public cloud services? How many of us aren't using Slackbox or whatever, right? If, if, if the usage concerns are because of network access and things like that, I, I think in five, 10 years, those disappear. No, I don't think that's it. I think especially with the, with the rapidly evolving data privacy and data security issues, um, I mean, we do see people who are just there, they're going to do their own cloud or on-prem because 
the data requirement or because of the security issues that they have or the regulatory issues they have, they have to do it. Yeah. So, and I, I think it, it isn't necessarily about not being connected to a cloud, yeah. uh, not being connected to the rest of the things that are out there in a the cloud. I mean, we certainly see, I mean, one of the things that when, when we talk about modern FileMaker, we mean FileMaker connected to public and private cloud services that are all over the globe. That's one of the, one of the central tenets to what, to what we talk about when we talk about modern FileMaker. But the ability to have the data that I care about and the data that I need to maintain under my control, even while I'm integrating with all these other services, is really what, what I'm talking about here. Yeah, on-prem is a bit of a misnomer, right? I think I think this is what Todd is getting. Yeah, at. it's not on-prem. It's, it's, it's my really, cloud. Yeah, it's yeah. under my control. Yeah, Absolutely. under my control, right? So, and look, if you just look at people's personal data, um, all my personal data is backed up to iCloud, but it's also backed up to a NAS in my garage. <laughs> right. For exactly the reasons you're talking about. And I would expect most businesses to be the same. I get it. I just know this, this is one of the questions that's going to come up. It's come up for us. It's come up in our discussions with other other folks in our community. A lot of the recurring questions are when, when, when. Like when yeah, will I have the data server in, in the UK yeah. or in Australia? And yeah, I think the answer is that, that, that we need to get comfortable with as as customers. I'm putting myself in the customer audience shoe as well. Is that it's it's about prioritization. Yeah. Like what what Pete yeah. is focused on next is these important things. Obviously, we just heard them. We need to get global to make this make sense. That's a high priority for us, right? So we'll know like kind of what's on the horizon and what to expect. And you know, I, I think as we get into a new pattern of delivery, particularly around studio, uh, mm -hmm. we'll get more comfortable with that. that and it means to engage in, in a conversation about it too. We need people able to. We need to be transparent about the different things that we could have next in our roadmap. Because just having a conversation about is on-prem valuable, in all honesty, it's kind of pointless. Yeah, it's super valuable. I totally get it. What I need to engage with you on is, okay, I have these nine different balls in the air. Which ones? Which ones? <laughs> Pick well, I, I think that's um, one of the things that I really dug about the announcement, maybe dovetails into this part of the conversation really well. And that is this, this problem, solver circle pro problem solver circle program. Because it seems it seems to me to tick a lot of boxes. One is it helps you get your infrastructure sort of tested, but in a controlled way. It, but it also gives you early access to customers and their real solutions and their real problems at a scale that you can handle. And what that will will give you is feedback on how to prioritize your roadmap. Right, that will help tell you. You get 500 customers that are already are already deep into this into this ecosystem. They're going to be able to give you a lot of insight into what actually does matter earlier rather than, rather than later. Was that part of part of the idea in setting this program up? Yes, uh, for sure. Um, but I, I would I would expand that a little bit, Todd, to say that it's not just about studio, right? It's not just about our, our new emerging technologies and, and satisfying for for Pete's curiosity. Um, but there's a lot more here that we learn in this program that goes to what happens when there is a unified platform yeah. in place at an organization that can use it anywhere without any restriction, without any friction, right? Um, and so we we can learn from our support for partners like Griff Geist and, and the rest of our partner community. What are the things that you need in that kind of scenario to help you 
improve that business in a broader way than just tackling right. a problem that one has been called to assign and, and solve for, right? Like once you do that and you prove value to the company, why not do it again and again and again? Like, so if we take away those friction points, we're going to get some learnings that I think are going to inform us about the future platform as it evolves and, and grows as well. I think it adds a lot of things. I mean, the mm-hmm. um, getting rid of the friction, getting people to try new tools, getting people to really just have a chance to buy in a hundred percent, like, you know, because you just, you got rid of all those friction points. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the lesson that we learned, I think with, with connect, it's a fantastic platform. It's a very competitive platform in the feature set uh, relative to other iPass platforms, but we launched it, you know, as a separate product that right. one had to make exactly. an independent decision about making an evaluation about what it's worth and figure out, does this even make sense in my organization? What happens when that is rolled into our whole platform and you just have it. So let's go explore and see what we can figure out and what might work there. Um, that's the kind of thing we want to uh, to get better at or learn more about. So one of the questions that came back a lot uh, since three days ago, feels like it's been a month, um, but a lot of the questions that are coming back are um, conflating uh, the Problem Solver Circle program and Claire Studio. Um, and yeah, I want to be clear to the audience, I've said this in some other forums, but if, if you're thinking is that the reason to get into Problem Solver Circle is to get first access to the first release of, of Claire Studio, you got it all wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like that's not what the program is about, right? The program is really about first and foremost, enabling our developers and our Claire's partners, a, a sort of new model of engagement with the customers and companies that they work with uh, to go off and do broad-based continuous improvement wherever that business needs, right? We know our platform can do it. We know that our partners and developers can do it. Let's make it easier for the businesses to invite you in and say, okay, yeah, let's do more, right? The Problem Solver Circle is in there and it is a great benefit as a first you know, place to touch it. And for all the reasons that you just described, uh, Todd, yeah. right? So I think that's worth repeating because I think people are expecting the, you know, the studio to be, uh, you know, just a massive win for them right off the bat in this program. And, it, and, and it's, it, and that's not the main point of the program, as you're saying. And, and, I, and I think that's really worth leaning on a bit so that people, people can understand not only to set the proper expectation for what studio will be when it launches in September, but also just to, to inspire folks to engage in a new way with their customers. Yeah, I mean, the program lasts for two years, right? Our, our hope and, and belief is that the customers that enroll with our support, with the uh, support of the, the partners that they work with and the developers they have, um, that those customers will do more and will innovate. They will improve their business using the platform over a two-year period. They will try new things. We're all going to learn from that. Guess what? The, the developer preview for Studio is not going to matter two years from now. It's not going to matter six months from now, right? Um, it's, it's an early benefit, and, and there are you know, definitely some reasons why they align well together. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the program itself means much, much more. And frankly, you know, now that I'm in marketing, uh, but still thinking like a, a developer and a customer, uh, if we get some big wins in how we cooperate and, and facilitate your success as partners and developers, uh, then we'll do more stuff like that, right? Or we'll expand it or we'll do whatever. When I think about the program, um, there have been a lot of questions over the last couple of days, you know, essentially asking, hey, are you guys serious? If I have a company here that's got 100,000 employees, but we're only paying for 25 seats right now. Do you really mean that I get a hundred thousand seats? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 the rationale from our side of the fence is, 
okay, maybe we leave a little bit of money on the table over the coming year or so. But if you're telling me we can get a company of 100,000 seats totally free to leverage our tools for two years and build things unconstrained without having to think about licensing costs for two years, at the end of those two years, what are things likely to look like? Well, if we've built great tools, they should look absolutely rosy for us. That's right. With that customer. Mm-hmm. So happy to make that bet, number one. And then two, going with what you said, Todd, about the developer preview for Studio. Um, the picture I painted in the webinar is what Studio will be in September. Fully. And, and, and frankly, there are a couple more little nuggets there that'll be lovely for people in September that we didn't talk about. Um, this preview is, is, is very, very, very stripped down. It's, it is anonymous forms. So you can create forms and publish them for people to fill out anonymously, capture that data and leverage it in pro. You're not going to get full workflow or application development in studio. Not at all. That comes in September. So you, you get one small snippet of the studio functionality. The reason to, to take this promo, the problem solver circle promo is for the site license. Absolutely. I think one of the things that's striking to me is that um, this is perhaps one of the first programs in, in recent memory anyway, where Claris has really targeted um, consultants and partners, yeah. developers. And I, I think that's worth underscoring you know i think i think our perception i think some of us are confused because we, we always imagine well what claris is selling to the customer then we have to kind of figure out how to harvest from from you know that deal whereas this is really about pushing us in to spaces 100 percent. like we we definitely have a history um in the last 20 years of wanting to talk to a mythical end user and um the, the crutch in that dialogue is always easy, 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 right? It's easy. You can pick it up. Um, but we know that's not really what we're about. We solve hard problems that matter. We are a professional grade tool set. And um, like Pete said earlier, you don't pick this thing up in three days and make magic, but you guys make magic, right? And um, so the, the acknowledgement of this program is that, yeah, our, our developers and partners are the ones who push the adoption of the program who, who grow our, our, our mutual business. It's not us. Right. But the other thing that's, that's implicit there is that we also need to tell a value story that goes to the business owner, right? The person that the partner and the developer have to convince to do more. And that business owner, that CEO, I think Brad called him an economic buyer, you know, thinks at a value level about their organization, right? How do I grow revenue? How do I grow my business? How do I, build efficiencies and save expenses? How do I build better customer experiences? And you put all those things together. How do I outcompete my market and succeed into the future? That's what they care about. They don't care about the technologies and whether we're an iPass or an app development platform or all the above or whatnot, right? So it's how do we build messaging that resonates at that business value level for the the owners who really have the budget and then enable developers and partners or support developers and partners in the in the pitch, right? And then we, we can do more for your business. Let's go out and innovate. So it is a new thing. I appreciate your acknowledgement of it. And, um, you know, we'll learn how to get better at that messaging and how to better support you and how to better support our developers. And I'm super excited about this. I think one of the shifts that's really important here is the agile that, that I mean, like it's, it's been said for a while now, this isn't the first time you've said it out loud. We've done the webinar, right? It's, it's been re- re- repeated. 
Um, but this program wouldn't be possible without Agile. The work that we're going to do with our customers on this program would not be possible without Agile, right? We're going to deliver things in smaller chunks. We're going to get smaller wins, but we're going to get wins, right? And we're going to pivot when we need to. And that's what I'm hearing is that in parallel, you'll be doing the same on the product, right? So you'll be hearing how we're going into the businesses. You're going to hear about what experience they have, what they need, where we can find these little spaces where we can provide more value. And mm -hmm. then we come, come to you and say, hey, here are some places where we think that this is scalable, where this could be, this isn't just for this business. Other places are going to need something similar. Sure. Whether it's Pete's product or my product. Right. Um, you know, answering, yeah. right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we have to have a ways to meet our customer, where that customer is in the ways that, you know, help us to deliver the message and help them understand the benefits so that you guys can do more business. So you guys can succeed. Right. And um, so, yeah, we, we think in an agile mindset about marketing and sales and every part of this company as much as we do about uh, the technology we deliver. I think you're also giving developers the freedom to, to actually explore. I think, you know, we talk about the site license is a huge benefit for the customer, but it's a huge benefit for us as the developer, because now I'm not just talking to the accounting department anymore. I'm not just talking to the person in the warehouse right now. I get to talk to everyone at that company to really mm -hmm. get an idea of where FileMaker could work for them or where Claris could work for them, whatever part of the platform they need. Um, that That's a barrier that's probably been around subconsciously. You know, I know how many licenses my clients have, and I know that only mm -hmm. this department knows about it. Um, and now I don't have that. I, I, I'll feel more free to say, hey, that's great. But with your site license, we can go talk to this other side and see what, let's go see what they need, right? And that that that's pretty freeing. I mean, that's a big deal. It, it's also a model that, is designed intentionally to create more of you <laughs> um, and, and, and to make it easier to create more of you, which I'm going to argue very, very strongly is going to make your life easier when you can walk into a building and there are, you know, thousands of you potentially in an area instead of you being the only lone one arguing why not to use whatever technology. Um, so, yeah, I, there's no reason our community shouldn't be much larger than it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the brand, you know, evolution, right. And, and really uh, emphasizing Claris, right. We want people to understand uh, the platform and, and expertise in it as a, a true career motivator, right. One should proudly say I'm a Claris developer, Ninja level one, level two, whatever it is, right. Like all <laughs> the things that we can certify one on their journey of getting good with, uh, the Claris platform. And you know, we, we know that uh, we, we haven't invested in FileMaker as a brand that you know, one can proudly wave that flag around in a lot of organizations that don't yet understand it. Right. Um, and it is the platform that really that thing's still around. You know, we've, we've heard all those stories and been in those sure. meetings. And so the, the evolution towards a, a Claris centric brand, um, you know, it, it's a shift. It's going to take me a long time to not say things like FileMaker Studio instead of Claris Studio. You know, it's good. I've been doing this 30 years, too. It's, it's a good move, though. I think it's the right thing. It's a it's a great move. I mean, it just makes so much more sense to unify things around the Claris brand and uh, and this idea of what exactly is a FileMaker anyway is like it's always been this kind of weird thing that we had to deal with. Mm -hmm. And um, and now you just have Claris Pro Go studio. I mean, it's just, it's great. I'm thrilled with it. I think it's, um, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how long it took, how many, how many conversations it took to get there, but I'm glad you made it. Well, we want to do it intentionally, you know, 
Brad, Brad took over a few years ago, and, and one of the first things we did was uh, rebranded the company right back mm-hmm. and to Claris. And, and so the, the, the sort of intentions were clear. Um, but we don't want to just sunset, you know, the FileMaker brand um, without intention, right? It has to be at the right time for the right reasons yeah. and those sorts of things. And we do have a lot invested in it. You know, I, yep. I am one. I've, I've been a FileMaker developer and user for 30 years. Right? It's, it's part of me. And so um, we, we know that that's there. Uh, but yeah, we, we have to address our, our sort of uh, brand in the marketplace and its strength. And we have other headwinds happening too, right? The advances we're making in the education space right now with our parent company, the ability to really represent ourselves as an Apple company, that, that there's brand strength there that can yep. really matter. And so uh, we, we think the Claris brand has a, an incredible future and we're going to make the most of it we can. You know, the point about not sunsetting it too. I mean, that's that's what's going to give people the uh, people who, who, who have been around the the good feels about it and and sort of you know just the idea that that they can trust us and keep going and i think another thing that got that that got announced in the in the webinar which which um was sort of overshadowed by all this new stuff but is actually really cool and really important for the day-to-day work that we do you know doing filemaker development today are the new versions 19.5 and 19.6 mm-hmm. that were announced i mean this is awesome stuff so you're not, I mean, it's clear that there's still development going into, into the, into FileMaker as we knew it. And these are important, really important new features that we're getting. Um, and, and, you know, it's part of this modern FileMaker story that we are telling is you need to be lighter. You need to be agile. You need to be able to pivot and move. And so something like transactions, which we've been doing since FileMaker 7, but the amount of ceremony and complexity that we had to bring to a solution was was it was a huge weight. So if you're designing a simple solution, but it has to have transactions, you had to go through a whole bunch of hoops to make that happen. You had to add a bunch of overhead. Um, not, and I don't mean in terms of performance, I mean in in brain space. You had to understand the weird way in which you had in which you could get transactions to work. That all goes away with transaction support. And so now a very simple solution that needs transactions can get it without a lot of overhead. That kind of stuff is really, really important in this modern story that we're trying to tell. Todd, I remember when we started having these conversations in uh, Colorado uh, just before the launch of Seven back in the day. <laughs> sitting around that table, uh, that was crazy, man. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, so that's a big one. I think the OAuth groups is another um, uh, a big one that's going to make things very – again, it removes – complexity removes friction from developing systems for people that are using, you know, uh, whatever modern identity platform they're using, they're now going to be able to get much more use out of it without bespoke group management or authentication management. They just get that as part of the platform. These steps will matter a lot. In fact, those two things are probably going to matter more to most FileMaker people then studio is going to matter in the next like, you know, year. Uh, so I think that's really, it's really important to emphasize that, that that's still, that that is still a, a, a very important track that's ongoing and we're seeing evidence of it with 19.5 and 19.6. So thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and, and you'll see continued development there and you'll see continued transparency because the, the, the things I'd play into it also are, it's, uh, I'll reiterate that, the announcement about 19.6 and the targeted enhancements there, that's 
the first time we've publicly talked about that kind of thing. And we'll continue to do that. Um, and we'll continue to solicit feedback about those things. Number one. Two, the, the two um, bits of functionality that you raised, transactions and group support, they're really interesting because they're two areas where there is conflict and tension between studio and the traditional FileMaker world. Um, our back end in studio doesn't support transactions. It's an eventually consistent, you know, Mongo database. Um, and there's massive power there that we can array um, for your benefit. And there's some limitations. And, and, and over the next couple of years, we're going to figure out together how we get to leverage that power without letting some of the limitations become too onerous, et cetera. Um, and then we are setting Studio up to be the system of record for the users in your world, or at least to be a portal to the system of record for the users in your world. And so the way that Studio wants to work with groups long-term still has to get figured out. Um, and again, we'll work with y'all to figure out exactly what that needs right. to look like, mm -hmm. um, given the nature of the solutions that you end up wanting to create in this hybrid world with Studio and FileMaker. Lots to figure out, but the beauty of Agile is we don't have to have all the answers today. We don't. We know what we're doing for the next four months. I'm, I'm chasing Peter around. That's what I'm doing for the next four months. Trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Agile makes it tough on the marketing team, but everyone else loves it. It's good for the customer. It's good for the developers. You know, we we have to, you know, <laughs> hold our own for a while. We, we also have a lot on our plates, too. That we're planning <laughs> to I'm planning in October to be somewhere in the mountains in Georgia, Martha. That's yeah. right. No, there you go. Tell me where you'll be in, in October. <laughs> There's an event coming to Georgia and it's in my backyard. How can I not be there? I'm That's right. right. And and you made it last year. So you know how great Pausanera really can be, right? Yeah. This year, I hope we have continuity of electricity. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> that was a feature. I, and, yeah. Feature or bug. I mean, feature. I don't know. We might just offer it as someone can pay to not have power. It's an <laughs> add-on. It's an add-on to to yep. remove power from your life for a couple of I days. will bring That's my right. truck and I'll carry up some firewood just in case. <laughs> there, we there we go. There we go. If you could bring some headlamps. I think Sarah Severson had some headlamps. Maybe she was the one who caused it. Who knows? <laughs> for the audience that doesn't know, the uh, we're talking about the um, uh, Pause on error. Sorry, I was saying auto enter in the back of my head. The pause and error events. I hope people. Well, that's, that might be something to mention too. Well, I will. I will say thank you for the auto enter uh, Discord site, which yeah. uh, you know appreciate you guys hosting the watch parties. And I, I usually try to uh, be paying attention during our presentations, but I was a little busy this year, so uh, I did tap in afterwards, and it's been great to see some of the Q and A there. And really appreciate Proof Guys hosting that for the community, and uh, it's a great resource. Well, it's been great, and and I think. Um, I think Peter's participation is winning him a lot of fans. Uh, it's been it's been really nice to see. Um, we hope to expand Auto Enter. Um, we've kind of done this sort of in the in the past with uh, you know along with events that, that that Claris has put on, but this year in collaboration with Saliant, we are planning to do a virtual conference. Um, nice, uh, and uh, it'll be with the Auto Enter sort of feel, but with, um, sessions and an expo job board, we're still fleshing out a lot of what the features will be, but we expect it to be a one or two day event, probably a two day event sometime later this year. So look for announcements. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're very excited about it. 
And um, we think it's going to be a great additional event to add to this year's calendar. We'll see whether it needs to live on after this year, but for this year, we're going to do it. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's really good to hear. I've heard murmurings. Uh, so you're, you're confirming intention that I haven't gotten any details on yet. So that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll support you yeah. as best we can. Yeah. I, I think one of the things about this community, you know, talking about the, the Claris way, this, this thing that we have, um, you know, I've been contacted about uh, .fmp in Berlin. You yep. know, you guys are talking about mm -hmm. this. We have pause on error. Um, we've been doing the uh, Claris Corners with developer groups around the world uh, for the last couple of months and expect to continue doing that. I think you have the Discord channel. There's just so many ways we can stay in touch on a continuous basis and uh, bring these things to happen. So uh, thank you for your investment in it. And um, I don't know, just love it. It makes it easy for us. So let's, let's figure out how to do it together. Well, I, I mean, it's pretty important. I mean, that's the reason we're doing the, we're, we're doing this event is that it's, um, I mean, a lot of us have been gathering in one form or another for decades <laughs> and right. it really is the backbone of, of sort of what we do as a community and as an industry. Um, and so we, we want to explore that in a new way, different than pause Pause is an in-person event, um, with a very specific feel and a very specific intent. Um, this one will be more like virtual events you've seen in the last few years since COVID, um, with, with a focus on, on the industry and vendors and techniques and tips and all that kind of stuff. So, but we think it's important. And so we're going to do it. We're going to, and so look for, look for lots of uh, announcements in the near future on that. It's, it's great. I, I know there's an elephant in the room and that we're not doing the in-person event uh, hosted by Claris this year. You know, we, we try to do those at a pretty big scale, but you know, I think having these kind of things in the community uh, is you know, equally powerful and we will do events again someday, right? It will happen. We don't have one on the calendar right now, but we know we're going to get back together. So uh, it'll happen. Yeah. It's great that we have all this, but it's also, you know, when you're, when you're putting out a release of the software every two years, having an event every so often is awesome. When you're putting out a release of the software every three weeks, which is where we're going to get to, um, yeah, we need to be talking way more frequently. Well, this is why I keep it. inserting myself in all these different events, like the podcast and pause <laughs> and this virtual conference, just to make sure you keep telling me what's going on. So you've got so much change happening that I want you to keep telling me about it. So We'll make sure that links to these various events get, get put in the show notes. So that you can find them, they'll also be available on the on the Claris Events site as well. Yeah. Also, I, I intend to make sure you guys have a URL uh, if people have more questions or want info about the Problem Solver Circle. We'll make sure right. that uh, we have a link uh, from this podcast to it because it is a limited time thing and limited number of customers, but we think it's of enormous value. So the, the excitement that's coming back from the community has been really uh, validating and exciting. And we are all in to make it work as best we can and hope we get it filled up right away. So we'll have a link down there or wherever it'll appear on the uh, web Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> and we've got a pool internally for how many people we think we can get signed up. And I've got, you know, a high number there. So I need. Oh, it's going to it's going to be a big number. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced it's going to be a big number. I, I hope so. I think it will be. And, you know, people have been asking about, well, what about this constituency that doesn't work for the program or that one? I'm like, we'll get to that next quarter. Like, again, we, let's solve this problem first, see what we can learn. And then we have some other things in, in mind. So, yeah, let's make it happen. Awesome. Well, I thought I thought the, the whole webinar went great. And, and these programs just are, I think, are, are just right on target um, and uh, just really excited to see how these things evolve in the coming years. And super excited to get hands-on new features from our core and 
and best friend FileMaker, <laughs> 195 and 196 ASAP. Can't wait to get scripted transactions. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys and your your vision. Uh, appreciate your your allowing us in today to to chat with you and your support. So look forward to doing a lot more of this. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, Anytime. Happy yeah. to have you. Yeah. yeah, we're excited to be along on the ride, and thanks for letting us sit in the passenger side. So we're excited yeah, about great it. Great work, so we'll, guys. We'll keep doing Looking it. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us and a huge thank you to Peter and Andy for making the time for the podcast. We hope this is one of many conversations with Claris as the platform continues to grow. Just as a reminder, this is available on YouTube and as a podcast and make sure you check out the show notes as there are a lot of links to share there. If you can take a minute to pause and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. But better yet, if you can share it with a friend, that would be pretty awesome. No matter what your role is in this community, you're proof of how amazing this Claris community really is. My job is to help spread your knowledge and your stories on the podcast. Find me on Twitter at MZ123 or at Proofgeist and let's share your story.